you may be noticing that your body has been going through some changes. Oh, yeah, don't worry don't about it. Don't be surprised if I... you wake up in pools of blood some night. It is only natural. And this community was designed as a safe haven for those entrusted with this blessing. Join us. Perhaps follow Tazio for a day and learn in our ways. I think I teleported to the castle, turned into a werewolf, and it's all kind of a blur from there. Hmm, something's under the floorboards, isn't it? Oh, um, why don't you stay with us for now? We were about to make our way to the town's deliberation. So, uh, there's like a swanky party disposition, is it? and welcome back to the odd campaign i am quentin your gm here and this is season four episode 12 due to uh recent events and transpirings i currently only have one individual sitting across from me uh in this week's episode oh that would be me yes that would be you hello everybody i am your one and only odette and actually i am not the truly odette in reality my name is emily and I have an identity crisis because I play a level 11 elf arcanist named Odette who is accompanied by her cute little pseudo dragon, Indiana. That's right. I thought you were about to forget about me. I would never forget about you, just like I would never forget my legendary hero, S. In the aftermath of recent events and transformations, uh, it has led our would-be protagonists to break the number one rule of role-playing games. Never split the party. No, we keep breaking that. That's been broken at least 16 times. But who knows? Maybe this instance of it will be more of a divide-and-conquer situation. Currently, Greg, a member of the Odd Guild's B-team, is going through a less-than-willing cult induction Meanwhile, Odette is trying to live out her best life while attempting to regain the remnants of her party and determine their next steps on dealing with this potential crisis. Yeah, so apparently I'm living out my life, whatever that consists of. Uh, generally breathing, you know, inhale, exhale. Uh, but when last we left you off, Odette, uh, you were with your legendary hero, attempting to get the remnants of the party to reconvene so as to solve your current werewolf-related problems. You and S are currently making your way inside the guild hall through the main entrance door as you are coming from the outside courtyard. Hmm. This is a very large door. Have you ever thought about that, Ace? No. I don't know why. It is significantly larger than any other door that we have entered into, except for maybe like the castle, but that is about it. Uh, what are we doing again? Uh, looking for Grundle? That is right. And where is our dear Grundle? You said in the toilet? 
That's right. I didn't even know we had the toilet. I just knew we had a bath. As soon as you enter the building, you are greeted by these standard sights and sounds that you've grown accustomed to. The front entrance is barren, as always, as very few people tend to loiter in this area. There is the standard clinking and clanging, which echoes down the hall from Tiffany's room, and the standard silence that emanates from Celia's room, and the all-too-familiar cry of exasperation from your cohort member who you are attempting to locate. Oh, no, oh, jeez, oh, no, oh, no, that's not supposed to go there. How am I supposed to get out? I, I don't have hands. Oh, dear. Uh, Ace, whatever you do, do not be shocked. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know, but he said he doesn't have hands. The exclamations of Grundle seem to be somehow almost echoing from all around you, but they primarily seem to be located on the second floor. You follow the howling exclamations to the second floor of the residence, where, as promised by S, you find the source, which seems to be emanating from the bathroom. Grundle, are you okay in there? What? What part of me screaming, oh god, oh no, I don't have hands, sounds like I am fine in here. Well, in Grundle terms, that could be okay, because that could mean instead of hands, you have flippers again. What? No, no, my feet turn into flippers. My hands would turn into web-like instruments, but they would still be hands. All right. Well, Grundle, I can't go in there to help you. I... Oh, I, I would definitely not come in here. There's a congealed refuse which was projectilely launched and subsequently splattering all over the walls. Do you know how hard it is to fit down a toilet? There are still a few kinks dying out and with strenuous trial and error. Though the overall prospects of toilet portation are looking pretty stellar. I really need to move to human trials, but due to genetic modifications, I do not know if I any longer qualify as a, quote, standard test subject, end quote. I see. Uh, well, Grandel, you get yourself back together, I guess? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. It would appear as if we are at an impasse. Seeing as my current set of circumstances is so completely repulsive, it would not be deemed humane, and it is bordering on violation of the Geneva Conventions for anyone to be exposed to this environment. Yet simultaneously, I am thoroughly stuck in a toilet and unable to reach any form of remedy. That sounds completely unfortunate. I cannot help you, so you can stay in there until you figure it out. S could probably help scoop you up, baby. I will do no such thing. S, your legendary hero, he might need help. Sigh. She pats him on the back. It is okay. You got your prize. You got some daggers. You're good. You see as S just pinches his nose... And does not open the door, but instead walks through the door. Oh, look at my legendary hero doing legendary hero kind of uh, things. Oh, oh god, oh no, ah, no, oh, that's, all right, nope, that's not supposed to be the, oh, okay, and, yep. Oh, uh, so you boys figured this out. I am going to go have some other tomato juice on the veranda. Uh, goodbye. She runs off. Oh, you run off as they are exiting, then. Sure. Uh, and after uh, a few moments later, after having gone to the kitchen and getting yourself a Bloody Mary, you are lounging outside in a chair. And the two of them greet you. Ah, this is so nice. This tomato juice beverage that is very suspiciously red. It is very thematic. All right. Well, I have good news. How about you? 
Oh, I guess it would be just called the news. There's news? What kind of news do you have? Well, well, as we all know, Greg is a werewolf, and well, the queen was like, oh, you put this decision. Oh, yeah, speaking of legendary hero, as we discussed earlier, should we just destroy the werewolf village? There's a group message. Yeah, I don't see why not, as long as it's easier and causes less collateral. Well, I guess you'll have to present it to the Queen, Legendary Hero, since you are technically the leader of this group. I have to do what? <laughs> he pauses for a moment, then kind of looks down at the ground. All right, all right, all right, I have an idea. But it's absolutely nothing to do with our current situation, but I do think that I know how to get toilet portation to work. Grando. Grando. If you encapsulate the, the remedy, it will be processed slower by the body, letting it being released slowly so that you can consume it first before taking the liquefying agent, at which point all you need to do is visualize the desired destination, an example of which would be the lovely and spacious accommodations at Castle Rimadov, and voila, you would appear at your desired location, I'll bet, in a toilet. Hmm. But you would appear fully formed and functional. Wait, what is it that you're using to create your substance? What do you mean? What is it that you mix to make yourself be able to toilet port? Because if it's causing that much of a problem, perhaps it's an ingredient issue. No, 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 the ingredients are fine. I have the remedy. Oh, wait, couldn't we just liquefy the werewolves? <gasps> wait, weren't you working on how to turn them into crabgrass? Yeah, that didn't work out too well, I gotta be honest. Because, like... The molecular structure is a little bit different. Liquefying people is significantly easier. I just don't understand why the vampires haven't really also yeah, captured these other village and put them to good use as feeders. I'm still confused. Ace, are you okay? You've been staring at the ground for uh, two minutes. I'm writing my proposal and also subsequently my will. What is wrong, legendary hero? I'm not very good at public speaking. I believe in you, legendary hero. I know that you can do this and that you won't die. Because I'll be there to protect you. I guess I should finish up my will then. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. So do all legendary heroes need to write wills? I will have to tell Columbia about this. Regarding the werewolf village, perhaps it's because they're too strong in numbers at this point that it would cause too many vampire lives to be at risk, and the queen doesn't want to have to unnecessarily lose any of her individuals. Hmm, that is probably true as well. Hmm. That's probably why, even though we keep screwing it up, she keeps sending us to deal with the problem for her. That doesn't seem very smart, especially because it seems that our, um, how do you say, the running record that we have is not good, very bad. Yeah, it's like a three-legged blind Dalmatian trying to run in a relay race. We're not really accomplishing much, but we are technically there. Hmm, you know what? With Greg being there, maybe he is making peace with the werewolves as we speak. We all just Fading stared at Fading from a mental <laughs> image of what happened last episode. <laughs> Wait, no, that couldn't be possible. Greg would probably mess it up even more after all. Oh, he'd probably kill Lupo Vasily himself. So, I mean, um... I don't mean to sound like the voice of reason. That's really not what I tend to do. Uh, but I'm a little lost per usual, and I'm trying to get straightened out what our current objective is, really. So are we just going to liquefy all the werewolves? Perhaps we should speak with the queen. Is your uh, speech prepared yet? I have a 
Proposal. Written. It's drafted. Okay, let us go then, legendary hero. It should be just enough. Wait, so I, I am proposing the complete and utter annihilation of the village? It would probably be the simplest thing. After all, we have other business to attend to. Do I need to include the caveat that we keep Greg alive? Hmm, that would probably be very smart. Women and children? Mm, yes, we we suggest maybe the, to, to protect the women and children. Are we not allowed to use chemical agents? Oh, well, that takes half the fun out of it. Let's just uh, suggest a mass slaughtering of a people, clearly. That is the only thing I can recommend. Okay, short, sweet, simple, to the point. Almost all starting with S. I approve. Oh my goodness, legendary hero, you are growing so much. Okay, well, since you're the legendary hero, honestly, those should be your decisions. Hmm, perhaps a mass slaughtering of people isn't very good for legendary heroes, though. Well, I won't be doing it on mass. I'll just be participating. It'll just be mass by the time it will be done with it, based off of the participation of numerous individuals. Interesting. She starts to walk behind S and begins pushing him back towards the door. So, how are we getting there? Oh, we could definitely try toileportation. I think I figured it out. Are you sure, Grundle? I am like 87% sure, which is the most sure I have been of anything in the past two weeks. That is quite impressive. I will say, though, Grundle, while I am partial to the way that you do things, I have some d- d- concerns regarding toilets and porting. Oh, what, 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 what is there even any other alternative is the question. We just ask Celia to send us there, please, God. <laughs> Remember. And Grundle just stares at S and points at him, at which point S looks at something in his hands. What? What is it, S? What, what are you looking at? You can roll a perception check. Okay. 18. Um, you just see it appears as if he's holding a small laminated card. On one side it reads I'm sorry. Since the aforementioned events in question, I have since been bound to a confidentiality agreement and cannot speak of the events which have just transpired. Otet walks over to S and then types on her Types a message to him. It says you cannot speak, but you can type. What happened? I think that still violates the agreement. Mm, what is it going to do if you violate the agreement? I do not know, and I do not wish to find out. Nor do I wish to speak of what has transpired. Hmm. Grando! Yeah, what do you need? What happens if you violate an agreement written on the laminated card? No, oh, that's a very good question. But as I really want to know. It is okay. If you are too cowardly to do it, I understand. You're still growing as a legendary hero. You also notice on the back of the laminated card, it says, Strict proprietary use for Grundle, TM, and any affiliated associates. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Let's just go to Celia. And as just starts, as you're pushing him, walking off. Oh! Um... She would stumble and fall under her face. As you would start stumbling, you would not fall on your face. Okay. Instead, he would catch you. Ugh. And she's kind of like like leaning over his arm awkwardly. Nice reflexes, legendary hero. He just sighs and shakes his head, props you up, and begins walking back into the guild hall. I was going to say we take a nice long carriage ride, but that is fine. All right, 
Celia! She starts running past the legendary hero and Grundle to Celia's study. You you barge your way right in, knocking open wide the double doors leading into the very large study, at which point you do find Celia sitting at her desk. <gasps> Celia, hello! It is good to see you again. It's only been a few hours. It has been a bit longer, but that is okay. Your understanding of temporal reality is mildly concerning, but nevertheless... Greetings, Odette. Has it not been hours? Has it been days? I don't know anymore. I'm pretty sure I saw you yesterday. That is hours. A few hours could be three or more. Definitely more. But that is... Beside the point. First of all, Celia, did you know Grundle has a card that says he cannot... uh, It's like a do not say anything kind of thing. It looks like a cursed object. It's really cool. You notice her standard, very droopy demeanor where her eyes are half open and she normally smokes her pipe. She begins coughing and her eyes open wide and she just reaches for a pocket on her side. Oh, no, not you too. Oh, well, it is fine. I could just dispel the magic. Worst case scenario. You think some have not tried? Breakers? Okay, so that is a yes. What is it? That I have the pleasure of seeing you for today, Odette. Well, in order to commit mass genocide, we have to go back to Castle Remedov and get, uh, I guess, permission from the Queen. Surprisingly, not the first time I've heard those exact words. In that order, too? Who else said these things? But anyway, doesn't matter. S is going to present the case in front of the Queen, so it should be quite entertaining. S just points to a sheet of paper that he's holding in his left hand. Odette snaps her fingers and casts Spark on the paper. S seems somewhat panicked, but then just lets it happen and pulls out another sheet of paper, as if he had been prepared for this. Threat. Then he puts it away. Celia, at this point, stands up. So then, I suppose you would be requiring transportation once again to the guild hall? That would be a yes, a C. Very well. Gather round and... All of you stand around in a circle, and you link hands, and as you do so, you see as Celia begins muttering something, and her eyes begin to glow with a magical aura, and runes actually begin to glow up from the floor and the ground beneath you, and instantly, and you appear in the courtyard of Castle Remedolf. But before you have barely had the chance to regain your sense of your surroundings, you hear a somewhat familiar voice. Good afternoon, Art Guild members. We have been eagerly awaiting your return and your deliberation. Ah, yes. Odette will shove S in front of her. The legendary hero has returned with his deliberation initiative paper. As you turn, pushing S towards this very large, well-dressed gentleman, you see that S is dwarfed in stature. Before you stands a very wide and muscular-framed individual in a very nice and dapper-looking suit. He has a thick neck and wide face, but with surprisingly kind and caring features. Before you, smiling a warm, pleasant smile, is Dorian, the man that you met once in the prison. So, what is it you have determined? Ace, go ahead. He just 
looks back and forth at you and him and then just points at you. Dorian looks a little confused and raises an eyebrow <gasps> and looks at you as well. He is just nervous. Uh, from the gesture, Es was saying, no, don't make me speak. I am super nervous. Here, let her speak for me. Uh, is that That would probably be the answer. Oh, did you need me to go on? Okay. I uh, would like to know how your guild has decided to remedy this situation. Well, since Craig ran off, he's a werewolf, and he currently has the treaty, there is nothing we can really do about that until he returns. But, uh, we thought that to expedite this process, it would be best to wipe out the village, except for our friend and maybe the women and children. Looking at the stored and would-be messenger of the information you have just shared, Dorian's facial expression has changed. He no longer has the wide eyes and warm smile that he greeted you with, but rather a somber expression, that almost of disappointment. Very well. So be it. If that is what you've chosen, I am sure there are those who will be very pleased with your decision. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you wanted us to make... I mean, we tried to make peace, but then the werewolves turned Greg into a werewolf. Uh, I'm not exactly... I am not the legendary hero he is. He has to make these decisions himself. Dorian kind of waves his hand. As I mentioned, there is nothing wrong with your proposal. I'm sure there are those who will be quite pleased. However, I am not among them. I would be very pleased to go many lifetimes before I needed to see blood shed before my eyes again. Even if it is in the name of a cause I believe in. Odette nods, as if trying to understand that these are just NPCs. If this is the path you choose, seems like your course is quite clear and right before you. I shall notify Her Majesty and take the proposal from your compatriot. He looks and glancing at S. And I am sure action will be taken swiftly and adeptly. In such a case, I shall lead you to Darius and the rest of the Queen's Guard, who will undoubtedly be playing some part in enacting Her Majesty's will. So, please, follow me. And Dorian begins to lead you through the courtyard. To where, Odette, you recognize from your visit here earlier today to be headed towards the barracks and the armory. Um, while they're walking, Odette would try to gather some more information from Dorian. Mr. Dorian, sir, is there a reason that we shouldn't wipe out the werewolf village? There are many good reasons to have sanctity for life. Whether or not it is something you adhere to or understand is... A matter of perspective. But for I, I have seen enough bloodshed in my lifetime. Okay, so I mean, the, I mean, if these werewolves are what is causing a problem, just like with a rat's nest, you have to clear it out. Sometimes you have to clear out the, the wolf nest. Then, so to speak. So as you say it, maybe. But I, for one, will not be participating. There are those who I am sure will have no qualm aiding you. And you arrive in the barracks. Immediately upon entry, you notice one very sure thing. Felix, frantically searching throughout 
all of the weapons rack, counting and like in and taking notes and writing down, kneeling down on the ground, lifting things up. Clearly, he's looking for something before he turns around, making notice and making direct eye contact with you, Odette. He stands up and begins to approach, and it seems as if he's about to speak and give you a mouthful before he notices that Dorian is with you, at which point his entire demeanor changes. <gasps> Mr. Dorian, sir, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure of your company on this fine day? He says as he kneels and bows his head to the man before you. Father uh, not with the pleasantries, young squire. You notice that Felix uncomfortably stands up but does not raise his head, rather choosing to stare down at the ground. You notice that beads of sweat start forming across his forehead and his usual cocky and aggravated demeanor is replaced with fear. If you would, fetch Darius for me. There has been a most intriguing turn of events of which I am sure he will be more than fond to be informed of. Yes, sir. And with that, Felix vanishes, completely out of sight. If it weren't for the slight clink of his armor as he ran out of the building, I doubt you would have even noticed he was there at all. Off in the distance, you hear an exclamation. It's faint, due to how far away it is, but it echoes throughout the hall quite clearly. What? You're just now informing me, you useless whelp! And you hear a very loud thud. But mere moments later, seemingly impossibly soon for the distance from which the voice was heard at, yet unmistakably, Darius, captain of the Queen's Guard, enters the room. I hope the wait was not long. I was not expecting you. And my useless excuse for a lieutenant has just informed me of your arrival. Uh, we have not been here long. Nor should you be too harsh on the boy. He has plenty of potential. But it is not his fault that I came so hastily and unannounced. It is, in fact, due to some most intriguing news. You see... As he somewhat gestures towards you, and leans forward, and seems to whisper something into the ear of the captain. I would like the perception maybe here? Yeah, you can roll, You can try and roll a perception check. Twelve. All you notice is that during the time of Dorian's correspondence with Darius, you see the gruff scowl which from your past experience has always been affixed on the captain's face. Turn into a strange and almost menacing smile, as if he is giddy with excitement. I don't know about you, but I think he likes this idea. <laughs> Very well. I'll watch this lot, introduce them, and eagerly await your return. At which point, Dorian turns to your party. Is it this time that I will leave you in the capable hands of my dear friend? He will introduce you to the members of the Queen's Guard who are presumably in the near future to be working with you. Meanwhile, I will inform my majesty of your intentions and get her most assured approval so that we may proceed forward. After which, Dorian nods towards both your party and Darius before walking through the halls, almost silently, gliding gracefully out of the room. Alrighty. I can't thank you enough for making this call. I've been waiting, chomping at the bit. Interesting, I didn't know vampires chomp at the bit like dogs. I find that fascinating. 
Don't confuse me with those wretched curs. We're a breed all amongst our own. She nods her head. That is what I said. I do prefer the vampires over the werewolves. That is my personal preference. Much cooler. So, if it was your proposed idea, how do you suppose we go through it? Oh no, it wasn't my proposed idea. It was the legendary heroes. And she shoves him forward again. His eyes dart from side to side. You can tell that he's nervous and kind of bows slightly before Darius. What? This one? Mm, yes, he's the legendary hero. He kind of like gestures with his hands like, no, 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 no. Despite what he thinks. All right, well then, legendary hero. What is it that you propose? How do you think we take down the entire town? 120 bloodthirsty monsters needing to be ripped and torn limb from limb. It's been quite a plexing problem. 120 of them, only 16 of the Queen's Guard. Can't leave the castle completely undefended. And yet, sending out a small enough platoon would surely lead in defeat or grave endangerment of those who we send. I have a good question for you. I think this is a good question. Why are there only 16 Queen's Guard? Why don't you just make more of yourselves? More? You know how hard it is to train such elite members of Her Majesty's army. I mean, half the lot who could turn into vampires are useless. I mean, take Pavel, for example. The only thing he can do is mince carrots in perfect cubes. Hmm, that would be... Odette starts getting a thought in her head regarding transformations and vampires. She has this mischievous grin on her face. The Queen's Guard is the most well-populated of all of the various places, but... You still do have other occupations, such as the kitchen staff, the librarians, the entertainers, the church, the dungeons, and the ladies-in-waiting for Her Majesty herself, as well as the stewards. Hmm. I imagine it takes a good bit to feed all of you as well. That is another reason why our continued growth as a population is speculative and requires significant forethought. However... Increasing our ranks most certainly is a solution of sorts. Though finding individuals who would be willing and loyal to Her Majesty is of the utmost importance. I could understand the loyalty part. Mm. You don't wish to create an alpha predator and not be able to control the beast. Mm, like a rogue agent. And you most certainly do not want to invite someone with ill intent into your fold. I see. And uh, exactly how does one go about uh, <laughs> uh, becoming a, a vampire in this here place? There are very few individuals who can perform such a feat. In fact, of my understanding, there are only three. And doing so, you must get the permission from the queen herself. And who are these three that I might ask? Out of curiosity, purely. The only individuals who can create new vampires for their bloodline is the strongest and closest to the original source is the Queen, Dorian, and myself. If you are so blessed to be granted that of the Queen's blood, you would join the ranks of only two other members who have ever received such, which is Dorian and myself. That is quite amazing. Impressive, even. Uh, well, beside that point. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. So, uh, you said there would be other people that we meet? Absolutely. Let me introduce to you the Queen's Guard. And he gestures out the door. Making your way to where he gestures, you are 
blinded momentarily by sunlight as it streams through the otherwise dark room and you make your way out into an open training yard where there are numerous individuals all training at seemingly impossible standards some shooting bows accurately from 500 feet away others lifting boulders one in each arm some sparring at lightning quick speeds almost unable to determine how quickly their movements are this is the queen's guard including myself and felix my lieutenant there are 16 of us hmm. felix does not seem very capable as your lieutenant i must say not very knowledgeable about the the uh the castle in general that is not his purview he is a brilliant tactician and a very competent swordsman if there was anyone who I would trust to be able to lead and organize this bunch, it would be him. That is, aside from my absolute assured and flawless command. Odette just sort of nods. But I, I, I could understand and believe that. Alrighty, so we're going to uh, speak with the, the people. You may interview those who you deem fit, though not everyone shall be attending with you. More than likely, you will be allowed to select two individuals to accompany your party men, so that you shall have a group of five, and there will be two other strike squads of five, so that you may infiltrate the village. Think carefully before selecting. All members of the Queen's Guard are highly capable warriors, though each specialize in their own specific fields. It would be best to round yourself out wisely so that you can cover your weaknesses and make them into strengths. All right, then. Group, let us interview. All right, oh boy, I'm so excited. So what do you think our weaknesses are of that? I'm not really thinking we have any weaknesses. I think we're flawless and perfectly malleable. I mean, we have a legendary hero. We do have our legendary hero. And she'll look at S and smile. He nods, but then you get a message. Our weakness is everything. Did you see the last time we fought? It was terrible. We were all over the place. We left ourselves exposed in so many instances. Ah, I would agree. Well, we don't really have Greg here, so we can't really round things out. Ah, uh, we, so we technically have, what is it? We have the, my cute little pseudo dragon and myself. We are magic users and we need someone to defend uh, the personage, which is us. And then Grando, you are large usually. And then S, you are the quick one. So, we will probably need uh, maybe a tank, a t second tank, maybe a healer, I'm not sure. As what do you think? I'm not good at this. A healer and or defender would probably be relatively useful in combat, yes. Though, if they are vampires, I do believe that they are generally healed by negative energy. Hmm, so that would be... <laughs> hurting us. Oh, well, I have a wand of cure light wounds, at least. But I need a body in front of me. Also, cure light wounds is like... Shh, I know. Don't even. It was expensive. Very well. I'm sorry. I have a wand of cure moderate wounds. That's significantly better. Okay, listen. I haven't been able to use it. In fact, I haven't really done much combat at all. <laughs> the other legendary heroes didn't really let me. Uh, but that is beside the point. Um, okay, so we need... Probably somebody who uh, 
can defend. Definitely a defender and maybe maybe a sword master. I'm not sure. Maybe we oh, we could take Felix. We've got very intimate, so I think Felix would be perfect for this. You did what? What? We got intimate. Elaborate. Felix and I. I don't understand what. Why? Okay. So the the other day when I was here, we were. Uh, I met up with Felix here. We we went on a long walk. It with it was like the intimacy. Pardon me for a moment. I will be right back. <laughs> what happened? And, and, and you you as you were staring down at your messages, you look around and you notice that S is no longer with you in the training yard. Whoa, where'd he go? I hate when he does that. You know, honestly, I think it's his most endearing quality as a legendary hero. It is kind of fun. Okay, so, um, I was kind of just sitting here kicking dirt the entire time. What did we decide? All right, Grandel, put me on your shoulders. We're going to find somebody. Okay, here we go. Yep. <laughs> okay. And you're just getting a piggyback ride from Grandel. All right, Grandel. Uh, let's see. Who looks like they could be the... The tough one. Use your eyes, Grundle. I know that's gonna uh, spy. You have kind of better vision from up there. It is okay. Indiana. Yes. What do you see? What do my What do my elf eyes see? Oh, mine or yours? Both of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll see what I can find. Okay. You let me know if you find anybody who looks. Oh, what about that one? Oh, uh, what? And you see, he kind of points, and you look off in that direction, and you see that there's a very large woman who seems to be lifting boulders that are 10 cubic feet and she's like they're attached to chains and she's heaving them up one arm at a time ah that could there grundle run towards her okay and you run up before this very large woman hello madam we have a question or, or several for you and you see, as with one great heave, she pulls both boulders up into the air and then releases them. And they come crashing down with a loud thud. Hmm, that was quite impressive. Uh, hello, my name is Odette, and this is my pseudo-dragon, Indiana, and this is my grando. Hi, I am currently her very useful steed. Apparently, she did not feel the need to walk today. <laughs> the woman glares down at you and... You recognize her, as this is one of the same individuals who arrested you in the forest initially. <gasps> oh, hello! I would like to thank you for being very gentle with the, uh, the manacles. It was very kind of you. Oh, it is very nice to see you again. My name is Olympia. Uh, so, Olympia, what do you do? Uh, what kind of fighting are you good at? Ah, she gestures. I am a hand-to-hand -hand expert, and as you can see, I am very good at lifting the problem out of your way. I see. Are you good at keeping the problem away from somebody like me? I do this, and she casts um, a small... Actually, no. She um, snaps her fingers. Lester! And she summons her assisting glove, ethereal hand, Lester. Hmm. I do not see how this will be overly useful in combat, but if keeping individuals away from you is what you are concerned of, whoever I get my hands on does not move again. Oh, I see. And you see as she picks up a medium-sized rock from down at her feet, and she crushes it in between her hands, and it turns to dust. Oh, that is so cool. 
I will have to see if Ash can do this someday. Okay, we'll be. Uh, we'll let you know in a bit if we like you enough. You're awesome, though. I love it. All right, Gundo. Next person. Let's go. Oh, oh, okay. Well, who do you want to go see? Just make the rounds. All right. And he just starts making laps. You see that there are a number of individuals out. It appears as if there are about eight people currently out in the courtyard. You see a familiar face in Zenovia. She is currently off playing with her Jeroboam off in the corner. You also make note that there are two individuals sword fighting in an arena of sorts, and there are two individuals who seem to be having an archery contest. Hmm. I don't know if we'll need anybody for range. Let's just uh, check out the people who are sword fighting, and then maybe we'll talk to Zenobia a bit later. You see two individuals clad in armor fighting with live weapons going at each other. One of them seems to be wielding a long sword, and the other one a bastard sword. Both of them parry shield block and are able to maneuver around their opponent almost expertly, attempting to break open the weak points in the other individual's stance, and yet at the same time defending themselves to the point where neither is able to find an opening. Until Grundle speaks up. Hey, guys, how's it going? Yes, how is it going? At which point, the individual with the long sword drops his guard and turns to you, and the individual with the bastard sword swings in and gets a very clean hit in oh. his side, and you see him knocked flat on his back. Hmm, I see. Easily distracted by loud noises might not be the best of the best. Both individuals come over to you and take off their helmets. The individual wielding the bastard sword takes off his helmet, and you can see he has shaggy long black hair and a scar over his left eye. The other individual with the long sword approaches you and... It appears as if he has long, flowing, blonde hair, and he has a relatively wide, chiseled jawline and a kind, endearing face, though he is currently wincing in pain. Uh, hello, good sirs. Uh, ooh, that looks kind of bad. I should take care of that. Uh, anyway, hello, my name is Odette, and this is my pseudo-dragon, Indiana, and my grundle. Both of them kind of nod. I am Titus. It's a pleasure to meet you. The individual with the black hair speaks up, whereas the man with the blonde hair still kind of wincing in pain, recovering, rubbing his side. Hello, I'm Christopher. That's a pretty normal name for a vampire. It's kind of sad, really. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, just talking to myself out loud. I do that a lot. Is there something that we can help you with? Oh, we're just looking to see who you'd want to take on a raiding party. Uh, yes. Currently... This is basically a competition, so who's the better swordsman of the two of you? Swordsman in a fight? I've decapitated more heads than everyone aside from Darius. My body count is limitless. My bloodlust unquenchable. If you're going for a raiding party and you need the masses slaughtered, surely you would want I. However, what you have just witnessed is not the best display of my talents. I am not so much the aggressor as Titus here. And in fact, I normally do not wield a long sword. I am more of a defender of sorts. I tend to be the personal guard of individuals. Interesting. All right. Okay, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time. We will let you know our decision later. Uh, Grundle, hi-ya! Hi-ya! And he just kind of like bows his head down and starts charging off. 
It's like the fun uncle from Adam's family. And you make your way over to the archery range. But you notice that only one of the individuals is using a bow and arrow. The other individual is using a slingshot. Or rather, just a sling. Uh, all right, Grundle, you ready to distract him again? All right, let me try. What, what, what should I say this time? I feel like it's got to be, be loud and obnoxious. You should probably tell, oh, tell them about your toilet partation. Oh, I know exactly how to do that. Grundle turns around so you are no longer facing them, fends over, and just farts. <laughs> Immensely loud as both individuals were taking aim. Nevertheless, you turn around to see the reaction of both individuals, and both of them are surprisingly laser-focused. And both projectiles fly true and hit the bullseye. And it's kind of wafting over there before it reaches the nose. And the male individual with the slingshot, he has shaggy brown hair, and he's currently covering his nose. And it seems as if his eyes are watering. Meanwhile, the female with the bow and arrow kind of just begins walking away and seems as if she's going to retrieve her arrow. Grundle, I am both impressed by your flatulence and also by their fortitude. I know, most men, that knocks unconscious. I am glad I am up high. It is safer up here. Oh, Uh, don't you worry, it rises. Oh, you know, you know what? I don't think we need any range. Please move away from this area. (laughs) Grundle just begins walking away with you on his shoulders. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's just go check out with the Zenobia, and then we should find Felix. So, you begin your way uh, over to Zenobia, who is currently playing with her Jeroboam off in the corner in the shade. Uh, hello, Zenobia. Oh, hey, you guys made it. You're still alive? Oh, well. Oh, there's only two of you now. That's half as many. Uh, well, Greg may not be alive. I'm not sure. Um, no, he's still showing up on the status as he's okay. Uh, yes, anyway, uh, Zenobia, we are currently trying to figure out who is going to be part of our raiding party. Ooh, what are we raiding? Uh, the, the werewolf village. Oh, mm, I see, I would, see. Yes, mm. would that be something you're interested in? or? Uh... Ooh, me? Hmm. I don't know, sounds kind of dangerous, and I don't like hurting puppers. I agree. I mean, we did make stipulations about the women and children not being harmed. Very interesting. Yeah, I know. Anyways, yeah, no, um, hmm, I certainly could, but, hmm, I, an- I don't really want my animals to get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Zenovia, how about this? Since you're kind of familiar with our party, who would you suggest to kind of round it out since we're greg Familiar with your party. Ish. Kind of. Okay, you have the, the sneaky one who's probably around here somewhere, and she looks around kind of concerned. You've got... The flatulent one right there, who just very expertly gassed David and Carmen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we have you, the very talkative one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got the gentleman who's missing who tried to hang a hammock in the carriage. Yes, I believe, uh, not believe, he is currently one of the werewolves. Ooh, you might want to get that looked at. Uh, yeah, I know. Speaking of which, do we have a cure for lycanthropy here? Hmm. In a manner of speaking. Is that the only way? Mm, makes it a little bit more difficult and a lot more painful. Interesting. So, Novia, we can talk about that later. Uh, we're currently just trying if to you round want more it information, out. you'd probably want to ask Constantine. Mm, yeah, he helped kind of purge the possession of someone from the Odd Guild previously, and that worked out pretty well. I don't know about, like, Canthropy, though. Hmm. 
Alright, we'll have to look into it later. Uh, who would you suggest though, that we talk to? We've already talked to uh, my my considerations because I kind of need a bodyguard are Christopher and Olympia. Both of them are pretty good at their jobs. Um, Always a better bodyguard. Better? Probably Christopher. That's kind of actually what he really does for a living. Olympia, however, she's strong. Like, re- like, like wowzers, right? Like, woo! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, if you need something broken or is in your way and you need it to not be there anymore, yeah, you just get her. All right, perfect. And then, hmm, I was thinking about asking Felix if he wanted to come, but can't find Ooh, him. That's probably going to be a no-go. Why? Uh, he's probably going to be leading one of the strike squads. <laughs> Maybe. We shall find out. Uh, okay, then I don't know. If you know wanted those. someone very similar to Felix, at least in capabilities, you can ask Fiora. She's also pretty adept at the sword. Despite what Titus says, she's probably the, the third best... Well, oh, well, I don't like ranking people. She's probably the next best after Felix. All right. Her and Felix actually kind of go back and forth. They have a little bit of a competition going on. Interesting. All right. Well, thank you, Zenovia. It was nice to see you again. Uh, hopefully, Greg survives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. My thoughts exactly. Have you found out who will be joining us yet? Mm, I'm working on it. I can't find Felix, though. You might not see him for a while. Um, okay. Why have you seen him? Yes. Where is he? Indisposed at the moment. If I pull up the UI map, am I able to see any identification of where S is if he's not hidden? Oh, if he's not hidden, sure, but he's hiding. He's always hidden. (laughs) That's his secret. Okay, I'm going to look around for Felix. As you begin walking around, uh, on or rather being carried around on the shoulders of Grendel, making your way through the training grounds, you see nothing, and the barracks and armories, yet again, you see nothing. Meandering through the halls of the castle, eventually, S catches up to you. Hmm. I believe the queen wanted to see us now. That is true, that is fine. I can't find Felix. S, where is he? Oh, uh, I think Darius was looking for him due to some missing pieces in the armory. Apparently, he lost more. Again. He lost it? Huh. He is a very clumsy fellow, I got to say. Apparently, yeah. It happened earlier this morning and yet again when we arrived. Can I sense motive that? Sure. 25. S is definitely being honest that Darius is having work, that Felix is probably indisposed at the moment and being spoken with by Darius, though you do not know to the levels of which S had any involvement with the missing equipment. Hmm. You didn't take anything, did you? Don't do that. This is my job. You are the legendary hero. I get to live out my fantasies like Indiana Jones collecting relics. We're not really doing very much archaeology or exploration of things. I did plenty. That's when Felix and I got really intimate. I don't think that word means what you think it means. I think they weren't. I, I, you guys are the ones that told. You guys are the ones that told me it means when you get really close to somebody. You and Felix weren't that close. And we were pretty close. No, you weren't. And we were walking like next no, to each other. Pinky's able to touch and everything. No, it was no. close. It's okay. Let's go meet the queen. And surely enough, the three of you do make your way into the hall, 
Though, wisely, S does make you dismount Grundle before entering the presence of the queen, and you make your way down the very familiar throne room. Large pillars on either side, on which are hung the banners of the Rimadolvian Empire, and you're making your way across the long, outstretched red carpet as it is rolled all the way down to the foot of the throne. Where sat is the queen herself, and on her right-hand side, Dorian. Welcome. So, Dorian has told me you have come to a decision. Ah, uh, yes, the legendary hero. She kind of, like, pushes him forward. He bows and gestures to the proposal. Yes. She smiles. I have been shown your proposal, and I find it most agreeable. So, you have my approval and my decree. Go forth. You shall be part of one of the three strike forces. Head out on the morning following next and go. Um, she looks down as she gets a message from Greg. Oh, oh, Greg, oh, him. No, yeah, no, we're talking with the queen right now. Go. Enact justice and bring peace to the nation once more. Do so carefully, swiftly, and adeptly. And in doing so, not only will you be pardoned, but rewarded. Pardoned and rewarded? That's a pretty awesome deal. Oh, no, Greg, I can't bring you your stuff. We're talking with the queen right now. What is wrong with you? Uh, so Odette would curtsy in response. And the queen kind of waves you off, but smiles. Okay, so as they walk out, Odette will pat S on the back. See, you did it. You did a great job. He takes his hand and wipes sweat off of his brow and is kind of like doubled over and like sighing, breathing very heavily. It was lacking some words, but I think your point got across. And as you are reconvening on the side hall, just outside of the main throne room, Dorian enters. To bring some clarity to Her Majesty's decree, you shall be part of one of three strike forces. Please select two of the Queen's Guard members to take with you. Outside of that, there will be two other forces, also of five individuals the rest of which shall be staying behind, including myself and Darius, to keep watch of the castle. You shall leave in two mornings' time. So before then, please, strategize. Make sure you are prepared. Do not do anything too hastily or unwise. I would very much prefer to have all of those who are with us come back to us once again. Do not underestimate your opponent. If matters were so simple, we would have had them handled ourselves long ago. Hmm. It is understandable. Taking out an entire village. But you know what? If the Vikings can do it, we can do it. Oh, the Vikings. Do you want to enlist the help of Vikings? We could. We very well could. Do you think it's a little late notice now that we already have to enact this mission within the next 36 hours? Shh, Ace, you are the legendary hero. You should have thought of that piece ahead of time. So, with that, your party retires for the evening, attempting to plan out their strategy and their next move of attack. Reaching out to Greg a few times to let him know what has been decided with the Queen, you are met with 
No response. But what else is to be expected, as it is evening at this point, and the moon is full and at its peak. So alas, you must wait until the morning. So, retiring to your chambers, all of you go with a relatively clear directive in mind. Just waiting to enact it. Oh, before before we run off, Odette would approach us. Um, so I'm assuming, did they go back... Are we still at Castle Remedolf then? You're still at Castle Remedolf, and you have been given accommodations and rooms at the castle. Okay, you keep telling me I don't understand what intimacy is. There needs to be an explanation because it is getting frustrating to be constantly corrected. What is it? Are we in the bit? Is this is this distance intimacy? Dot dot dot. Uh, intimacy is more than just proximity. Please do not refer to it in such context. Just say that you are close with another. Intimacy has more romantic connotations. What is romantic about being close to people? Uh, hence why you shouldn't just use the word, just say you're close. There was some confusion with Felix and that is why he was getting so defensive. Why was Felix getting defensive? He was flustered when you used the term intimate in regards to him, because it has romantic connotations. Oh. She gets a little wide-eyed. That makes... It makes more sense. Wait, as why was he getting confused? Did you go and beat him up? No, I just spoke with him. That's all. You spoke with him, Ace? Yes, that's what I said. There were words exchanged. Well, we held a conversation of sorts. We conversed. She leers at him. <laughs> Fine. I will not use the word intimacy ever again. There are appropriate contexts. Just be more careful with connotations. English is hard. It is a very hard language. All right. So I will use it with purpose next time. Hmm. But wait a second. Technically, oh. Good night, Odette. And oh. he begins to walk off. Okay. Good night, Ace. And she would walk off as well. He turns around to walk away, but then stops for a moment. And he seems to be typing. And eventually, you do get a message. Something doesn't sit right with me. Well, yeah, I know. You already told me you didn't like the fact that I was using intimis, intimate... No. If we're relocating the werewolves into the Rimadolvian facilities... Don't you think we should see what they're like first, before we go along with our plans? I mean, I, I guess that, that is an option if you want to, legendary hero. We can, I guess. I'll find someone to escort us tonight. It's not that late, and they're vampires, so I'm pretty sure this is like morning for them. It's not that late, but Don Quixote is waiting for me. <laughs> and it seems like he vanishes in between your tears. And you're kind of just standing in the hall for a few minutes. Odette would then walk towards her room and go inside with Indiana and flounce on the bed, slowly then pulling out her copy of Don Quixote and flipping open to the latest page that she left off on. And as you do, you hear a knock on the door. No. It is too late. I have just opened the page where Don Quixote is getting ready to fight the windmills. 
I'm here. Did you not hear me knock? She messages back. No, Ace, I did not hear you knock. No, of course I couldn't hear you knocking as I turned the page of Don Quixote. Smiley face. Oh, okay then. Well, seeing as that's the case, we're outside your door. Boys, we... Uh, Ace? Just open the door and you'll see. Uh, she slides out of the bed, like literally full-on body slide the floor, rolls off, and then has to like stand up very slowly, brushes herself off. Indiana, remind me to have a discussion about late night sleep with people. Wait, weren't you the person who stayed up till like three in the morning reading? So how is this late? But I hear- It's like 9 p.m. But listen, it is easy to get- She's saying this as she's walking to the door. It is easy to get lost in the world of Don Quixote. How could you not? After all, it is Spain. I mean, yes, but like, isn't it more awesome to live out your fantasies than to just read them? We're literally in a castle filled with vampires. That is true, but there is so much valuable information on legendary heroes in Don Quixote. Idealism, at least. Ah, sure, but what good is the information if we don't apply it to the one we have? It is fine. At the very least, there is very little intimacy. She opens the door in the book at all. And as you open the door, you are faced with two individuals. S standing directly next to the door as he is the one who knocked. And as the door is opened, you see another gentleman turn around and begin walking closer. He's a tall man with long, flowing, platinum blonde hair, a smoldering expression, a long nose, sharp facial features, and a well-kept goatee. The candlelight shimmers off of his light armor pauldrons, bambraces, and greaves. As you hear him approach with heavy footsteps, he has a white fur cape which trails behind him, and he is wearing a teal long coat with gold trimming and a matching trousers and belt. Detect magic, just in case. He could be carrying artifacts for all I know. Well, you detect a moderate magical presence emanating from the individual. There are a number of signatures. Are there any that stand out to me more than others? So he seems to have an overall general magical aura applied to him. Uh, But then he also seems to have a magical aura emanating from a necklace, which he has on. Odette beelines towards him, straight up to the necklace, and it just, like, places hand on chest. Stop. What is that that you are wearing? She gets really close and starts to examine it. This is clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe you are wearing some as well. He answers you somewhat quizzically. Ah, what is it? She starts, like touching on his chest against like the necklace. Can I knowledge arcana it? Yeah, you can roll knowledge arcana. I I want you to understand, while he is wearing a tailcoat, it's like a deep v-neck tailcoat and like a portion of his chest is exposed, so it seems like you're just stroking the man's torso and you're like, what is these? (laughs) Clothes. That doesn't matter. 21. Um, You can sense a transmutation aura emanating from the necklace. Oh, that is very cool. She looks up at him. 
I like the necklace. It is very befitting of you. Ah, thank you. S here. And he gestures to your compatriot, who pauses quizzically for a moment and is trying to think of what to say. He, uh, communicated the fact that you had interest in seeing the living conditions of the Rimadolvian werewolves. I suppose, yes, that is what the legendary hero wanted. She then slowly pulls her hand away from his chest after realizing it was still there at the necklace. Ahem, pardon me. It is my fascination with the arcane that is my attraction. Ah, I see. Well, seeing as the purview of the werewolves falls under my jurisdiction, I have thusly been sent by Dorian, and more than happy to acquiesce to your request. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Sorin. Sorin Geta. If you would, please, follow me. Sorin, that is a very cool name. It is kind of legendary. <laughs> Thank you. It has great esteem and meaning from my family. But if I could guide you, the route which we will traverse can be treacherous if you do not know the way. Your likelihood of getting lost would be high. All right, then lead the way. Sorin, I shall follow after, like a loyal dog. He turns and begins walking off, looking over his shoulder every now and again to make sure that you are following. And S is accompanying also kind of just glancing between you and Soren. So Soren, you said your name was sort of important in your family? What does it mean? Ah, it means the sun. This has a dual meaning as I am the only son of my family, but also the sun as the celestial body provides life and protection. That gives me so many ideas. Oh, that is great. I like it. I like it a lot. As you follow Soren, he begins to lead you outside of Castle Rimadol, and you are surrounded by the cool night air. The evening grounds are illuminated by the beaming full moon which hangs high overhead, and soon you stand seemingly on top of the world, overlooking the Queen's Garden from an overhanging cliff just outside the castle. Miles of dense forest landscapes bathed in moonlight, lively as ever. Off to the east, you hear roaring to life the distant howls of wolves. Oh, no. Not them again. It is safe, right? As long as you stay with me, you will be safe. All right, then. I shall stick close to you, Soren. Soren seems to be gesturing towards the western side of the cliffside to a lift constructed into the mountain. It almost looks like a wooden cottage with a single wooden door in the center and metal beams with gearboxes running up its side. Soren opens the door and just proceeds in and seems to turn around waiting for the pair of you. Oh, that is pretty cool and relatively advanced. Odette would follow after. S would follow as well. And once everyone has entered into the mechanical lift, Soren closes the door behind you. In the small 
little hut, you see that it's no larger than a 10 by 10 square room, but looking out, you can see that the structure is not completely enclosed. Where the building faces outwards towards the Queen's Garden, there's only but a railing, buffering you from the multi-mile fall to the ground below. Oh, I'm not a very big fan of heights, but I suppose that we will live through this? Okay. Suddenly, the entire structure begins to plummet, lurching downwards, as Soren has pulled a lever next to the door. And eventually, the lift does find an appropriate pace, and just begins smoothly but quite rapidly descending down the cliffside. Okay, I want you to know, as soon as it starts moving like that, Odette's hands went splayed out to the side, grabbing onto, like, the wood behind her, so she's got, like, this cat-like lurching pose. My god! You're crushing my ribs. You don't need them! As S is standing behind you, as you're attempting to grab towards anything, your elbow went straight into his ribs, and S is kind of, like, holding on to you as you're panicked. You don't need your ribs, S. It's fine. Okay, I'm sorry. Holy crap! (laughs) The first time you experience this, it can be a little jarring. You're telling me? All right. Oh, oh my God. So, uh, so who, who designed this exactly? It is okay if you don't know. I just want to know so I can bring them out about safety problems. I am not sure who designed this, but it has been utilized on many occasions, and I can assure you it is quite safe. Okay. She sort of relaxes a little bit. But she's still holding on to the wood behind her. We will have some time until we reach the base of the mountain. If there is anything you would like to discuss, now would be a good time. All right. Uh, so, uh, as you seem to have more questions, what about you? You have any thoughts? How many werewolves are currently at the settlement? Oh, uh... Ace is asking how many werewolves are at the settlement. Not too many as of right now. Only around about 68. It is a relatively small settlement, but it is primed for new opportunity and growth. That is cool. So I'm assuming there is plenty of space for, as you say, uh, new people to come in? There is plenty of room for expansion. That is good to know. And what are the living conditions like? That is, that would be good to know, yes. The living conditions? Well, you could ask the people themselves, but from my personal opinion, it is as close to heavenly as possible. It is heavenly? Indeed. We provide for all of their needs. They have no need for food or water or medicine they need not work if they do not want to everyone is free to do as they desire chasing their own dreams and ambitions oh that sounds pretty nice when you can kind of do whatever you want i guess if you like gardening then you can garden If you like music or art or literature, you can immerse yourself in your craft. 
if you want to spend your entire day playing games, there is no qualm. We ask for very little in return. What is asked in return, then? For a brief period, we ask for a generous donation. Generally for a span of seven years, there will be routine withdrawals. But once this is true, and even during the time, your life is what you wish to make of it. Okay. Odette kind of looks at us. So what are you so worried about? It sounds great to me. Talk is cheap. I could say anything. Why don't you? <laughs> I'm not a good example. Text is cheap. Talk <laughs> is meaningful. I'm sorry. <sighs> as you have been descending, seeking... As you have been descending, sinking down into the canopy of the forest below, you notice that the cliffside seems to be receding and becoming more concave until eventually the lift is completely detached and the only thing that is supporting it is a metallic frame structure built all the way down to the ground base level. Huh. Well, I hope you're prepared for death just in case it comes to us quickly. Like falling. You're a spellcaster, don't you have anything? No, the only thing I have is a gust of air. But I didn't prepare that today. I didn't know we would be falling to our death, potentially. I could always leave a molten orb. Molten orb? Yes. So we burn to death before we hit the ground? It sounds reasonable to me. I joke, I kid, I kid. Uh, so, Sorin, are there any people who live here, I guess, werewolves that live here with special talents? There are numerous individuals. All of the members of the settlements are, as you mentioned, afflicted with lycanthropy. Numerous of them have spectacular talents. Okay. That is good to know, I guess. Uh, so how did you become the, I guess you are the gay leader or representative here? You could say that. I am, I am the one who bartered for the conditions. I, I, I respect it. Uh, we shall see, though, what your town is like, and if maybe this, uh, doing things with other werewolves, but we could move them here, yes, potentially. Oh, that was a close one. As the lift reaches the base of the contraption, you are surrounded by the Queen's Garden. The roaring life of the forest scape seems to grow uneasily quiet, as if the entire world around you has fixated its attention on the new arrivals. But, Soren makes mention, it is right this way. We are going to have to travel horizontally across the face of the cliffside. It is not an easy journey, but it is very useful for protecting the inhabitants of the settlement. You say horizontally? On the cliffside? Indeed. 
Oh, my legs, they clearly do not seem to work. Oh, no. <laughs> but for now, we have only a pleasant stroll through the garden. I can at least deal with that, but please don't. I don't know if I can cross on a cliffside. I have, I have some limits to what I can handle. As I mentioned, if there are any complications, I can assist you. All right. Okay. Following closely behind Soren, your guide, and your legendary hero, you both are shown the way westwardly through the garden, until after a brief walk, you breach the tree line and are faced with the task ahead. Waves crashing against the cliffside of your raised peninsula, which you currently stand on, and Soren gestures to a thin ridge which tightly hugs the base of the mountain and is constantly berated by the onslaught of massive waves which crash beside it. Odette is clearly making a face right now. One of uncomfort, distrust, I believe in you, and a desire to not be there at this time. You got this. <clears throat> you know, legendary hero, you might have this. Odette does not, Indiana. I can just fly. I hate you, but I love you still, but still. <laughs> just take it slowly. <laughs> I speak from experience. Taking your time will make it a lot easier. Yes, that is what they all say, because S stands for slow. Add that to the list. Your two guides are approaching the ridge. And as you follow them, you notice that your would-be path is thin, small, and a partially incomplete stone outcropping, which is only about a foot wide. And it is slick from the constant waves which crash against the side of the mountain. Oh, Dad, start saying a very long Spanish prayer. I need you to roll acrobatics. Oh, God. Soren and S do seem to be going before you, and both of them are able to cross, or begin crossing at the very least, almost effortlessly. It's an 11. You are very unsteadily, but somehow successfully uh, traversing this treacherous terrain when you receive a message. And you just kind of hug the wall. I'm going to die. And open your UI. And it is from S. Can I even open it in the position? With one hand, yeah, you can. You're just hugging the wall. I'm going to die. It's going to happen this day. I will not be able to make it. <sighs> she opens the message. Don't look down. Oh, no, you said that she looks down. And you see beneath you, there is a 100-foot drop into jagged rocks and a turbulent torrent waiting to greet you if you make the slightest mistake. You know what, Ace? I could barely notice them before you told me to not look down. Oh, sorry. The word of advice, legendary hero, while I do care deeply for you, I am going to strangle you. And you continue making your way onward. But up ahead, you see that your path abruptly ends. The ridge recedes into a sharp cliffside. And there is no clear entrance or path forward. Dios mío. <laughs> we are going up there. And he points. 
to a wider ledge on the other side of a 30-foot gap that is four feet higher than your current footing. (laughs) She's panicking. There's so much panic. Will you be able to continue onward, or will you need uh, assistance? She... Hold on, hold on. I need to roll. This is her will save. Sure. Odette can be courageous, but right now, it is dark-ish. Oh, it, it, it's dark. It's night. So she the, the, moon, the moonlight's, like, it's low lit. So she can't really see where she's going. Not very well. Oh, and S has now made her very aware that there are spikes at the bottom. You can barely see to where the ledge you're supposed to be going. Oh, yeah, no, I'm rolling a will save. Uh, it's, of course, because I'm a arcanist, my will is higher, so it's a 17 in total. Huh. What is the term? Rorex, the Odette, for arrow 404, Odette's not found. Uh, I don't know if I can make the jump. You know, as why don't you try first, since you're the legendary hero, and uh, you can you can make the jump. I can show you how I would do it, if that would make it any easier. <laughs> but if you would be requiring assistance, I could also stay. Odette, at this point, looks at Soren. There are slight tears in her eyes. Please carry me across, I cannot do this. At which point, S kind of steps in front of you, placing his arm in front of your chest, preventing you from going forward towards Soren, and looks at you. I got this. Uh, no, no, Ace, I really... Oh, legendary hero, please. Do, please, you smell do not make me jump that. Do you trust me? At this time, no. Try and have faith. Hop on. She looks at her legendary hero. Are they still on a kind of like narrow ledge? Yes, but it's wide enough that you could maybe maneuver it, but it looks like S is gesturing as if he will give you a piggyback ride. Whatever the legendary hero wants, I shall do it. <gasps> God, Dios mio, I'm going to die again. She begins praying in Spanish. Very well. I will trust that you will make it across safely then. I do hope that you succeed. I would hate for our journey to end so prematurely. Mm, same. I would not like it if me or the legendary, or mostly the legendary hero would die. I can't do that again. From his current position, Soren jumps straight up about four feet. And then he bends his knees, rotating his body. He kicks the side of the mountain with both of his feet and propels himself across the entire gap, landing safely on the other platform on all fours. He stands, dusts himself off, and turns to look back at you. Huh, you know, Ash, that is kind of impressive. Honestly, maybe that would have been a better way for me to get up, but <laughs> whatever you have in store, legendary hero, I'm sure it will... Not kill me. S lets out a faint but audible scoff. And rolls his eyes. I can't... Did you just... I can't tell. Did you just roll your eyes? It is very dark, legendary hero. As he scoffs, you hear the sound of metal impacting with stone. You see that S has thrown numerous kunai, which are now deeply embedded into the face of the mountain and the hilts are just slightly exposed by a few inches. Ace, 
Please tell me you're not about to do what I think you're about to do. I'm sorry, I am not as light as I look. Wrapping your arms around S's neck, you feel that he very securely grabs your legs and holds you tight. He leans forward and breaks into a full sprint, running towards the edge of the ridge and continues well past it, sprinting with you on his back across the hilts of the kunai embedded on the mountain until eventually, with your closed eyes and one deep gasp, you reach the platform on the other side. Her hair is a mess, by the way, by the time she reaches the other side, just like, just sheer panic in her eyes, bead of sweat down the side of her face. Am I alive? Is this heaven or is it hell? You can get down now and stop choking me. She slowly releases her grip from around the legendary hero. Indiana? Yes? Was at least cool. Oh, it looked awesome. I got like a, a panoramic view of the whole thing. You should have seen him. He threw like 10 kunai at once, like ching, 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 ching. Screen capture. What? Did you screen capture it? Did I screen? No, no, that's your job. I couldn't do it by eyes were closed. Well, that sounds like a personal problem. Oh, what is wrong? If you, can't you like do a mind reading spell to like delve into my memories or something? No, I cannot. Maybe you could ask Celia. And then you can watch yourself as you cried like a little baby. I'm sorry, Indiana. I am a little baby. I do not like being in air. I have no control. After you have been set down now on solid ground, S turns back around and pulls on a series of strings which were apparently in his left hand the entire time. At which point, all of the kunai dislodge themselves from the stone face and come directly back to their wielder. Odette is not actually paying attention to this. She is mostly focused on talking with Indiana. And you hear a slow clap. Splendid. I had hoped for nothing less. I'm so glad that we have all made it. Now we may continue to our destination. The settlement of the Rimedolvian werewolves. And he gestures to the pitch black mouth of a large cave. And that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of the Odd Campaign. Will Odette survive? Will her legendary hero overcome the trials and tribulations? Is the quality of the Rimadolvian werewolf settlement as good as they claim? Find out next next week on the Odd Campaign. Thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll continue to follow along with the story. So make sure you hit that follow button or subscribe in whatever podcast listening app that you're on. Hey, and make sure you support the podcast in the best way, which is to uh, make sure you leave a rating and review in whatever podcast listening app that you're on. Or go to our Patreon and donate directly to the podcast so that we can buy more soundscapes, ambiances, etc. And, you know. Do all the stuff that the podcast needs done so it survives. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, we do want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi, Will Savino with Music D20, Ivan Dutch, and Kevin McLeod for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode. Thank you, families, And we'll see you next next week, as Quinton said, on Sword Online Odd. Bye! Bye, guys! <laughs>